Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. The Saints have finally hit the bye week. The team is off for the week after falling 17-16 to Tampa Bay Monday night. It was a tough loss for the team and the fans, with the Saints up 16-3 with eight minutes to go. Bucks quarterback Tom Brady led a fourth-quarter comeback, scoring the go-ahead touchdown with three seconds left. Here's head coach Dennis Allen on a call with the media Tuesday. Well, the loss sucks. Um, you know, and, and it hurts because I know how much all these guys in this locker room uh, and on this coaching staff put into trying to win. And I felt like we had an opportunity. We put ourselves in a position to win. I feel like we put ourselves in position to win uh, on more than one occasion uh, this season. And, and for differing reasons, we haven't been able to get the results that, that, uh, that all of us would like. While the outcome was not what the Saints or Coach Allen wanted, the Saints did play well through three and a half quarters. The defense held the Bucks out of the end zone and forced two turnovers. Well, look, I thought, number one, I thought, I thought the effort was outstanding in the game. Um, how you go, you look at Cam Jordan, a 12-year vet, running down the field like he did, punching the ball out. Um, you know, was was really impressive to see. I thought our guys played hard. I thought they competed. Um, you know, I felt like uh, offensively, I felt like we did some good things. Um, and then yet, situationally, uh, weren't as good as we needed to be. And so, um, look, I feel like guys are still out there fighting their ass off and competing. Um, we just haven't gotten the results that we're looking for. Quarterback Andy Dalton was 20 of 28 for 229 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. Rookie receivers Rashid Shahid and Chris Olave led the way with 75 and 65 yards, respectively. Taysom Hill had the lone touchdown on a 30-yard pass from Dalton. When you look at when you look at that game, we're sitting at 5.3 yards per play. They're at 4.7. You know, like we're we're moving the ball, we're doing some good things offensively, uh, but yet. We have a couple opportunities to make some plays. We don't make them, um, and then and then situationally, we've got to we've got to be better. Um, look, I've got confidence in, in, in our offense. I got confidence in, in what we're doing. I think we just ha- we just have to be more consistent in what we're doing. Overall, the Saints ran for just 66 yards. Running back Mark Ingram led the team with 27 yards on the ground, and Alvin Kamara had 26 yards on 12 carries. Well, look, I think the defenses are keying on him, obviously, but I, I think we've got to – look, he's a good football player, and we've got to find ways to uh, get him the ball where he can be effective. And so I think that's – you know, that's something that we have to look at as a coaching staff and, and, and the play designs and how we can uh, how we can get this guy into a, into a position where he can be, you know, effective running the ball, catching the ball. I felt like we had an opportunity down there in the red zone. Uh, you know, they, we had a little crossing route to him out of the backfield, but uh, uh, they were in man-to-man coverage. I felt like we had a play there, and their defensive end was able to kind of get a hand on the ball and knock it away. 
As with any loss, there are decisions that could be second-guessed after the fact. With just over six minutes to go, the Saints faced 2-8 and eight from the New Orleans 49. Running back Mark Ingram ran out of bounds just shy of the first down marker for a gain of seven. Well, yeah, I think I think there was definitely an opportunity for him. Look, he, he, uh, he made a nice play. It looked like he kind of, you know, came out of the cut and, and you know, he kind of tweaked his knee a little bit uh, earlier in the game. I think he kind of felt it right there and, and, and lost track of where the sticks were. But, um, you know, obviously it was a big play in the game. And, and, and uh, look, Mark's been a good big part of, you know, what we've done here at the Saints for a long time. And, and uh, you know, I think we all, looking back, would, would have hoped that maybe he would have been able to get that first. On the ensuing play, on third and one, the Saints opted for a pass play, which went incomplete and then did not go for it on fourth and one from the Tampa Bay 44. We hadn't run the ball that effectively up to that point, and so I don't know that there was a ton of confidence in our ability to run the football there. Um, you know, that, that again is one that I look back at, and I'm like, you know, after looking back at it, you know, uh, I second-guessed myself just a little bit, I think. You know, you run the ball there, you get the first down. If you don't get the first down, worst case scenario is you take another 40 seconds off the clock. So um, that's probably one that I'd like to have back. The Saints have been in so many games this season, unable to make one or two plays to secure the win. They lost to the Vikings and Bengals by a combined seven points. Those two are the best of the best right now. This one against the Bucks came down to one point. The Saints head into their bye week with four more games on the season. We've been playing for 13 straight weeks, um, and and uh, you know I think the bye is a, a, a time for guys to you know kind of get themselves recharged uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally, and ready to finish out these last four games of the season. And so that was really what the message was: um, is that uh, look, we let an opportunity slip through our hands yesterday. Um, we have to be better from it, and we need to take a few days to kind of get ourselves recharged and get ready to go and, and, and uh, you know, be ready to win these last four games. Joining me now to talk about the Monday night game, the Saints season so far, and to look ahead to after the bye week is Saints lead writer and reporter for SI.com and Fan Nation, John Hendricks. John, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Always a pleasure to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. It's a nice, bright, sunny day outside, and uh, hopefully, we get some cooler weather to match December here in New Orleans. We'll see. Maybe around Christmas time, it'll in a couple of weeks, we'll get a little like oh, yeah. it'll be a little brisk, not necessarily cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I've lived in South Louisiana since like '92, so it's just like I'm used to it. You yeah, know, you complain about the heat and all that stuff all the time, or the lack of winter, but. You're just used to it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to get started with the game on Monday night. It was a tough loss, definitely, for the Saints 17-16 in Tampa Bay. Until the eight-minute mark, the defense looked like they were playing one of their best games. How would you evaluate their play up until, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter based on other games this season? Yeah, look, I think this is a defense that was ascending. I mean, they were – 
doing extremely well. They were controlling, you know, limiting uh, what Tom Brady was able to do. They were being stout in the run game. Obviously, they were able to get some key third down stops. I mean, this was reminiscent to the week before uh, against San Francisco where the defense was just doing so many good things. You get some turnovers. I mean, you just felt like, man, they were close. They were close. They had the Alante Taylor pick white taken off the board against San Francisco, but you get a big interception from Demario Davis, and then you get the turnover from Cam Jordan. I mean, it just felt like everything was trending in the right direction. They had Tampa's number reminiscent to – kind of last year's matchup and, and, you know, it was going great until it, it didn't, you know, and, and, you know, look, I think defense has done a, a heck of a job this, this year. I think Marcus May was a guy that looked really good and really impressive early, uh, especially in that first series uh, defensively. So I think there's a handful of, you know, call outs, obviously in defense that look good, um, you know, but when it mattered most, it, it just, it fell apart. You mentioned Marcus May. There are a couple other players that did really well defensively. May had 11 total tackles. Then you mentioned the two turnovers. Cameron Jordan chasing down that one ball. It was incredible. And then Demario Davis getting the interception. You finally were feeling like they broke through the takeaway issue and they had gotten to there. We thought that might be a difference in this game. And then you get to halfway through the fourth quarter and things kind of shifted. If you look at things defensively, was it more the defense or what Tom Brady was able to do in those last two drives? Well, I mean, and, you know, you talk to the players afterwards and just kind of the reaction is Tom Brady, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing is he's done this. It's a master class and how he's able to rally. I mean, you don't have a career as successful as, as he does without having some fourth quarter comeback wins. And, you know, Saints fans are, are well familiar with, with what Brady's able to do. I mean, we saw it tons with Drew Brees when he was a quarterback. Right. And so it's, it's just one of those that you, you try to make the best of what you can, you know, uh, in those situations, you obviously you want to play a, a lot more of, of, of zone coverage and such, and just kind of obviously be aware of the situations and such. And, you know, look, there was just a lot of, of almost, you know, they're almost, they're just a half second late or a quarter of a second late getting there. And if they get there a little bit earlier, they, they force a sack or they force a turnover. They do these types of things. And, you know, obviously the, uh, the pass interference call when, you know, they were up 16, three and the big pass interference, call that was uh, uh, on Paulson Adebo with working against Mike Evans. That was a, a big one to help them get back on the board. And then, you know, it, it, those types of plays, they just kind of tend to happen. Right. And so, um, you know, but on that final drive, you knew where it was and, and such, you, you kind of look at it and it's just like, just, you know, this whole season's just been missed opportunities. And, you know, I don't, I don't think you look at and say, this game and say, man, this is totally on the defense or anything. I know they like to say, let's put it on us and let's finish out games. You talk to guys like Cam, that's always what they talk about. And and it's just unfortunate the way it went down because you look at the offense and those kind of series that really just the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. And, and, you know, but I, I think this defense has done a formidable job really has changed a, a lot since what we saw in the beginning of the year and has been reminiscent of probably what we expected to see all season. The defense has been breaking down their team meetings with it's on us. It's definitely a mentality that they've taken with them this whole season and they have gotten better as the season has gone on. Offensively, there have been struggles throughout. And then this game in particular, you get to the red zone three different times and have to settle for field goals. What was the issue that you were seeing there with the inability to really punch it in? Yeah, look, I mean, there's so many different factors, whether you look at the personnel, the play calling or 
you know, the down and distance, maybe you should have been a little bit more aggressive on the fourth down calls, you know, but obviously you talk to Dennis Allen, it, it's a game of field position, right? And so there's some chances where you feel like, okay, you just need a yard. Maybe you use Taysom and you can plunge it ahead. Maybe you go back to the thing with Adam Prentice and run it up the middle or something, something that, that could work and get you a yard. But, you know, unfortunately it was a game that, you know, points were going to come at a premium. And so you had to take some of those field goal decisions. You know, there were just some, some moments where, you know, the Saints season, it's, it's just one of those that look just whatever reason, it's just not working. And when it doesn't work, you just miss, you look back at all the opportunities and say, well, this guy was open here in the flats, or if he just has a, a little bit longer, he can find this guy, or if he didn't see this person, I mean, that's just kind of been characteristic of what's happened. And so look, you know, I, I think that, the red zone woes, um, are, there's obviously going to be uh, uh, hands dirty in all of it, right? You know, when those types of things happen. And, you know, Andy Dalton had said after the game, it's just, it's, it's, sounds like a broken record. It's the same types of things and uh, opportunities and missed opportunities. I think that's just kind of how you sum up the Saints season is that it's just been full of missed opportunities. When you get in the red zone execution, you got to be spot on, take what the defense can give you, obviously, but, you know, some of the play calls and it's all about that connection of what you get offensively. Yeah. So you go 0 and 3 in the red zone, 5 of 14 on third down. It was tough definitely to move the ball and then not be able to get it when you needed it, just get the extra couple yards. There were several different moments in this game. I think that just even one of them, if they would have been different, if Ingram gets the first down, if there's not the pass interference call at the goal line, you know, there's so many different things that could have gone differently that I think would have changed the outcome of this game. And it is something that we've been saying continuously throughout this season if you look back on that game, what were some of the bright spots? Yeah, I think first and foremost would be Rashid Shaheed. Yeah. Like this guy is has come a long way and and where he was at. And you know, I think a lot of fans if you didn't follow him, one of the undrafted gyms they found that was just really exciting buzz to him. And obviously his season started slow because he was coming off the torn ACL. But you know, once he got on the field, you just got a, a sense that man, this guy could be a real good asset for this team. And really, it was more in the return game, right? And especially with them losing Deontay Hardy, it gave him a featured opportunity to to really steal the spotlight. And then you know, look, this guy was was reminiscent reminiscent of like uh, you know Devery Henderson or a uh, uh, Joe Morgan. All he does is just make big plays, and you know his yards per catch and and stuff is just out 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 of the uh, out of the roof and such. And so, but man, I thought he did great in the return game, getting him involved in offense. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that you look at next season, obviously things haven't gone the way they they've wanted it this year, but he's a, a guy that is going to have a more prominent role going forward. And so him getting open, making some of the catches he's, he's made and especially the value in the return game. I think that's a guy that you got to be really excited about. I, I think, um, you know, with Dalton, Obviously, didn't go the way that they wanted, but I think he played a, another complete, pretty solid game, right? I don't think you look at him and think that that's the reason why they didn't, you know, make things happen. The Taysom Hill touchdown was big, obviously. Uh, Chris Olave is a guy that you always say, man, he just he brings it every week, you know. And um, 
I think defensively, when you look at it, look, that play Cam Jordan made just was just vintage Cam, just him being able to track the guy down. You know, he's yeah. obviously way in the backfield. Then to come and have the, the awareness to just strip the ball out. And Demario was a big play, um, you know, with that interception, he was playing well all game. Caden Ellis had another strong game as well. And then, you know, guys like David Onyemata and, and Marcus May, who we talked about earlier, man, May, that, that was probably one of the most encouraging things to see him play at that level. Cause I think that's kind of what we've come to expect or wanted to see, you know, most of all the season, but you know, sometimes these guys come in later and, and really make the impact, but he really stepped up to the, to the plate today or on Monday. Yeah. And may had been dealing with a couple injuries throughout the first part of the season. So it was nice to see that maybe that was the issue kind of, you know, there were the lingering effects of some of those health issues that this is the Marcus may, the one that we expected to see that we're going to get going forward. And on the other side, with some of those health issues, we've seen Alante Taylor, who started slow, was able to step in and do phenomenal towards the end of this season, uh, the first part before the bye. And then same with Caden Ellis, stepping in for Pete Werner. So there are some positives that have come out of the people getting hurt and not being able to play. And that will only bode well for next season, having that kind of depth and those kind of players that are there to fill in. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people are making about Paulson Adebo, the pass interference, but look, I think he's he's played some of his best football the past several weeks, you know. Yeah, and and so... they're just being aggressive. You would rather that rather than them sit back, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think that's the thing is you got to take away that guys like Ellis and, and Taylor and Adebo, these guys that are younger in this core, as you look at the next year, and you know that's a whole different conversation, but there are some real good building blocks, some good things that you can have going into next season to say, okay, well, there are some bright spots that we've seen this season. Guys have stepped up. You know, you still have, you know, Chris Lave, obviously a rookie, Trevor Penning that's going to make an impact down the line. These are all guys that, you know, you're figuring are going to play a large role for you next season. Yeah. With the way that this game ended, what was on the line, now knowing that playoffs are probably off the table for this team, do you think that the bye week came at a good time? Uh, no, I I mean, I guess you could say that in some aspects, but man, it's just, you have to deal with this loss for two weeks. You know what I mean? That's, that's the bad part. And, you know, and, and Dalton said it after the game, there's going to be a lot of self-reflection because of this loss. Right. And, um, you know, that's something they got to stew with, you know, the fact that this was practically for the season. And of course you say mathematically they're still alive, but, um, you know, this is a lot of chance for, Hey, you're on the bye week Let's do some soul searching, some self-reflection. Let's come back together. And, and I think what I appreciate most is guys like Cam Jordan and, and everybody talking is that, you know, this team, you, you get in situations like this where you're just not winning games that the locker room can get away from you and things can just be turmoil. Right. And, you know, all the guys are saying the right things and saying, hey, we're sticking together. We've got four games left. Want to come out, hit hard, do all these types of things, finish respectfully and such. And so I don't think there's any quit in this team. But, you know, this has been a really bizarre season, you know, first year post Sean Payton and such. And, and it's just, you know, I think we all had high expectations and players had high expectations. But some point along the lines, it, it just kind of said, OK, we're just not as good as we thought we were going to be and all these different things. But, you know, this is a. a really it comes at a good time to say hey let's renew refocus and then let's try to come out and finish these last four games on a high note and see what happens and we could get some players back with the extra time as yep. well Marshawn Lattimore Pete Werner they were trending in the right direction both back at practice this past week two weeks for Lattimore so having that additional week could 
benefit the Saints and getting them back on the field too. So that could be something to look forward to. We take this time to look back on the first 13 games. Who would be your offensive MVP? Uh, I think it's Chris Olave. You know, I think that he's been outstanding for this team. I think he's done so many good things as a rookie coming in, you know, just everything has been as advertised and in some form, um, you know, other guys that I think probably deserve some love guys like Cesar Ruiz, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him uh, coming into this season, but I think he's another one that you got to single out that said, Hey man, he's, he's quietly put together a really strong season. He moved to, to center for this last game. I mean, he's a guy that just does everything and then some, and he's playing with a lot of confidence. And, you know, I remember early on, one of the things I, I he's told us is that's change in him was just, trying to take the the guesswork out of it and just not try to think so much, just play football. And I think you've seen a lot of that. But, you know, for me, Alave's got to be top. And then Ruiz would be a, a second honorable mention for me. How about on the other side of the ball, defensive MVP? Well, look, I think Pete Werner was probably going away with that title for a long yeah. while. And look, I think he's somebody you still got to talk about because he's just been outstanding um, for this defense. And it's unfortunate to, that he's gotten hurt. But, you know, um, I think Demari Davis is obviously still a guy that you look at and says he's still the heart and soul of this defense. And he's playing up a, a really strong level. I think Caden Ellis is somebody that's come on really uh, in a situation where he's had to step in and looked um, really outstanding. But, you know, for me, I think Warner would be that guy, um, you know, and again, there's so many honorable mentions. Delonte Taylor's one of them, mm-hmm. just the fact of rookie coming in, you know, this is a guy that when he was drafted, a lot of people were kind of like, you know, a little bit suspect. Why, why would you take this guy? And you're seeing that all pay off in, in such and in, in how they've really hit on some of these guys in the draft. Right. And and I think Adebo's come more back to the form of what we saw in training camp, but you know, look, I think Warner's gotta be tops for me just because of the season he's had and the expectations. Cause you know, most people were like, man, you're losing Quan Alexander. That's a big, big loss there. And Pete came in and he's just looked outstanding for this team and him and Demario Davis, man, that's a formidable linebacking core and the way Caden Ellis has been playing. It's going to be tough not to keep him on the field next season. The linebackers have been great this season and you have to give a hat tip to David Hodges, who is the linebacker coach, you know, and, and his development of these players. All right. Surprise performance. And I think that it goes to the Taysom Hill game. That was just a, a phenomenal performance all around by him. What, what would you think? Yeah, I think that's probably right. You know, just the fact that he was able to to kind of carry the load and run, receive, and and all that type of different things, and then obviously pass. I mean, when you get Taysom going, in in the fact that it's not just the offensive stuff, it's it's also special teams, right? I mean, he just does it, and there's the games where he can just take over and and do so many different things. And um, you know, I think that was probably aside maybe the week one opener when you saw. Jameis lead the team and and help him them come back with Michael Thomas and such. I mean, that was a crazy game to watch in itself. But, you know, look, I think Taysom, I have to agree with you. That's probably one of the, the better performances we saw this season. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So coming out of the bye week, what are we looking forward to? Kind of what are your your questions heading in and then coming out? Yeah, look, you mentioned it. You talked about the health of this team. So Pete Warner and Marshawn Lattimore getting healthy. That's big, obviously, for this team. Um, you know, look, I think that there's a lot to to play for here. It's Mar- it's it's Atlanta coming to town, right? And so everybody understands with Atlanta that rivalry, right? And obviously, obviously there's still things to play for. I mean, it is a division game and such. But, you know, look, um, 
it's obviously the season that you haven't wanted to see, but it is Atlanta. And so I'd expect fans to, to obviously get a little bit petty in that type of thing in that realm, if you will, and such, but you know, there is that to, to look forward to um, just the fact that it's a division rival. And now you can play spoilers for a team, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and you still, like I said, are mathematically in this, but you know, you could spoil it and say, okay, Atlanta, you're not going to be able to win the division and, and such that that matters. And obviously the team doesn't have a first round pick. So you want to play well and, not give Philly a top five pick or top 10 pick. That's there's still reasons to play for, but you know, coming out of the bye, Atlanta, everybody understands the rivalry, the last game that happened the way it did. It's going to be a pretty high octane matchup, despite what the records say. Us here being petty. I, I would never, I would never think. Nah, that. nah, <laughs> nah. Don't know what that would mean. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for breaking down the Monday night game, talking a little bit about the overall season hope you get some time off during the bye week kind of you can reset and get ready for the last four as well yeah a little bit you know I mean it's um it'll be fun just spend some time with family and such and kids and you know Christmas is almost here I can't believe it's December 7th already I, know, I don't, go get your I don't know where the time goes right now <laughs> yeah it's crazy but yeah I hope you have a good one as well and get to reset some too because I know you got Pels too who are yeah. heating up we are looking forward to three Pelicans games this week. So no no time off around here. Got lots going on. But thank you for joining me, and I'll see you around here soon. All right. Appreciate it. As always, Aaron. Appreciate John for joining us. With the bye week, our next Saints podcast will be a week from today on December 14th. Until then, as always, you can follow us at Saints on Twitter or head to NewOrleansSaints.com for all of your Saints updates. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.